0: Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we will be treated to part two of an interview with Ian Michael, co-writer and performer of the 2018 VCAA drama playlist show Heart, presented by She Said Theatre and Regional Arts Victoria. This is part two of the interview, so if you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Do we see the set transform?
1: Yeah, no, it, it really, um, in the same sense that the chair becomes like a metaphor for things, the flower becomes, um, you know, becomes little dampers and then it becomes, yeah, the memories being thrown away or it becomes the whiteness being smashed into somebody's face. You know, it, I, there's a point where towards the end of the play that I cover my arms um, and neck in the flower And that represents, for me, represents culture and um, the strength of that. But for some people, they see that assimilation is continuing. So, yeah, it definitely becomes um, something different for so many people, So, which has been really lovely. I feel like that's the magic of theatre sometimes, is you get to kind of create whatever you want that to be.
0: Can you talk about the use of sound and multimedia?
1: Yeah, we... um, We did the show uh, for the first time in a very, very small room. And as we were talking before about verbatim theatre being quite literal, this original design was a chair and a table um, and a curtain, which represented a kitchen, and then we kind of projected things onto this curtain. But as the show kind of grew and became tourable, then we had to change the design. And so the design became, and the multimedia became huge, and now we can project onto these massive walls. And um, very, very early on, in the play, in the play, uh, the audience will walk in and see a warning projected onto the back of the, the theatre that says uh, this piece contains voices um, and images of deceased people, and it's a warning just to um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people that this play is sensitive at times, and you may may or may not, not may or may not see somebody that's passed. So that's kind of the beginning, and then uh, a few scenes in, we see a incredible uh, slideshow that's been created by our um, AV designer, Michael Carmody, which shows the beginning of um, invasion or colonisation, depending on what you want to call it. Um, yeah, which is basically a slideshow from Australia's, Australia's colonisation, basically, to now. So we see um, Aboriginal men in chains and we see children in chains, we see children being taken away. Um, we start to see indigenous activists and activism, and um, and then you know we we kind of it brings it into the future um, of those that activism and um, culture and strength. I think in the slideshow it's really important to that we highlight that what we're going to talk about during the play is continuing. Um, so that slideshow yeah brings the past into the present. Um, And yeah, and so we also get to kind of flash back in moments as well using multimedia. There's one part of the show where we see archival footage of um, missions and um, of children in missions, which is incredibly difficult to watch sometimes. Um, So it's all about bringing the past into the present moment. And um, we made a really conscious effort to only use Indigenous songs by Indigenous artists in the play. because. We felt like the space that we were creating was going to be a space where we didn't hear any white voices for 55 minutes. We only heard black voices, Um, except for one song is a Michael Jackson song. (laughs) And that will be explained during the show. But, um, yeah, a a lot of it kind of had really deep meaning in the sense of not letting the audience forget about what happened in the past and what's happening right now.
0: Are there any other styles you are using besides verbatim theatre, like epic theatre or poor theatre? I
1: don't think, um, I don't think Hart really has a style in a sense. I think the idea of storytelling is very traditional um, in terms of theatre, but being completely direct to audience and then breaking out of a world and being even more direct to audience is a style we kind of, I've not really seen a lot on stage before where we've, you know, created these four characters, but one of the characters can kind of jump out of time um, and be uh, completely present in the moment with the audience. I think, you know, I've seen theatre where an audience will kind of, you know, have an, have an aside where he can talk directly, to, he or she can talk directly to the audience, but never can really kind of break time or break a space. You know, that's what we've kind of created in this... Yeah, very non-naturalistic style of um, direct-to-audience but even more direct-to-audience which is really really yeah quite interesting.
0: How do you use your expressive skills to create your characters in Heart?
1: We really early on um, wanted the I guess the the performance my performance to be very um, truthful and we wanted it to be wanted it to be very conversational um, and so Penny Harper and I, who's the director, we spent, as I said before, many, many hours in improvisations. And from those improvisations, we would find um, the physicality and the, the vocal, I guess, um, the unique vocal patterns or um, even the voice for each man. Each man kind of has a, has a different voice and a different physicality. And that all came from improvisation, which, you know, in theatre, you don't really get a lot of time to do you don't get a lot of um we used to spend sometimes you know six hours a day just improvising things and finding the kind of the truth of every moment and so that was really important for me as an actor was to be able to kind of own the physicality and own the voice and that kind of was great because penny let me kind of do that myself and to find them um, as ian playing these men rather than there are these characters that you need to find um kind of different ways of moving or speaking, and you just need to do them, so it was really great that I can um yeah really own the way that these men move and speak um, because then it, it, it kind of gives that nature of um, these men not being characters they really are just people on stage telling their story you know it, it just seemed like there are four st- storytellers on stage really um but, you know, we are able to play with the transformation of time, um, place and age. You know, the men will usually tell the audience when or where they are somewhere. But it's kind of my job to show the audience how the men grow over time. So, you know, the play begins with one man reflecting what his life was like as a child, living in a mud brick hut. And then the play ends with a man, with all of the men reflecting on their whole entire lives, but what they hope for the future. So, yeah, I guess my job as the performer was to find... How these men um, grew over time, and so it was yeah really really a great challenge to find how they were as children, to find them as teenagers, to find them as men, and then find them as you know elders in the
0: community. How have you created two distinct characters? The man
1: Hart that we have in the play, he's um, he opens the show quite um, with a lot of energy and um, a lot of humour. Um, and he kind of reflects back, back on his life with a lot of lightness um, and um, happy memories. And uh, he's, he talks a lot about playing sport as a, as a young man, and so his physicality is quite, um, you know, pretty much like a football player. Um, and his um, lightness and humour then turns into quite you know, quite dark when he learns about his brothers and sisters being abused by their foster parents. So his, even that contrast of his character is really interesting. So, and then we can talk about a man, Paul Parfitt, who pretty much the whole entire plays never really talks about his lightness or humour. He's quite restrained um, and internal and tense um, and so their physicalities are very, very different. But even the way they speak, the way they look at the audience, um, is very, very different. Um, yeah, you basically see the lightness and the darkness of the stories kind of in those two men, really. You see somebody that wants to reflect on, on his life in a really happy way and then you see a man that hasn't quite dealt with his trauma and is, is still really holding that in his whole entire life to the present day. And something we did as well in the design from our sound designer, Rhea um and the our lighting designer, Case, for is they've the every single man. So every single man has kind of a different lighting state and a different um, sound design. And um, each man actually kind of has, has their own uh, theme tune in a way. The, uh, yeah. Rhea's created different themes for each man and um, each moments in their life as well. So, Hart has quite a lot of piano-based theme music and Paul's is quite um, kind of, a, not electronic, but very, very um, kind of mechanical and uh, drony and quite bassy. So, yeah, I think, yeah, we've been able to create, I've been able to create these men through physical um, mo- movements and vocal movements, but the design has been able to complement them as well.
0: How is mood manipulated in heart?
1: I think because we made a, a conscious effort to weave the men's stories, we were able to kind of show th- that the the number of stories from the Stolen Generations is countless. And so the, the mood kind of does seem, when you first walk in, seem quite dark and you're not exactly sure of what you're going to get from this play. Um, the you know, elements of... Uh, the very, very first moment after the warning that's projected is a soundscape of white politicians um, and commentators over time talking about Indigenous people. And it's quite traumatic and it's quite horrific about the things they say. And the next moment when that soundscape ends is the the performer, which is me, uh, I turn around and smile at the audience. And so you you get this really um, kind of roller coaster of um, mood and rhythm um, already just in in the first kind of five minutes of the play, and that continues to go on in this young man who's turned around and smiled, who's talking about his family and talking about living on this farm to then it completely shifts, and then this man is talking about how he was taken, and he hadn't ever known his date of birth because there was nothing that ever was registered as, you know, so basically a man's talking about the fact that he doesn't exist because he doesn't have anything to say that he was born. So yeah, using that, the interwoven stories, we're able to show the lightness and the darkness. And um, I guess, even playing with the sense of time, you kind of really get to sit in these really lovely moments and memories and then all of a sudden, you kind of get these punch in the gut moments of sadness and darkness, which is, it really reflects the confusion um, and the, uh, the conf- yeah, the confusion of what these people went through and what they continue to go through. Um, and we really made a, um, a strong point that we were going to always stay one step ahead of the audience during the show. And, and I think that means that we were going to play moments in the play. And then the next moment is going to be not so nice or it might be really funny. And so you're kind of sitting, always kind of sitting on the edge of your seat, not knowing what, what's coming next. Which I think um, I, I really have loved being able to perform because I feel like audience members never know what they're going to get next, which is quite exciting as an audience member, I think. And so we've kind of created a show that has a really fine balance between lightness and humour then to darkness and sadness of these stories and you know the rhythm and tension is manipulated by me being quite still and conversational and quite um welcoming to the audience and um really happy to speak to them and then there are really quite physical and aggressive and loud moments from myself and from the, the production so it's manipulated in in a lot of ways it's um quite schizophrenic i feel in a sense um and as a performer, I feel quite schizophrenic sometimes during the show. It's, it shifts really fast in moments, and then you get to sit in a moment for a long time. So the manipulation's pretty strong.
0: This shift in mood may create dramatic tension. Can you talk about this?
1: And the tension simply comes from the storytelling and comes from the story. Um, you know, there's one part of the play that Hart talks about, uh, talking about his dad and what his dad looked like and then starts to reflect back on um, the reasons why he was taken, him and his, you know, eight brothers and sisters were taken away from his family. Then kind of by the end of the play, this man's talking about how his father died. So you've kind of got these huge parts of text where you might feel like we're just talking about this beautiful memory. And then all of a sudden we're kind of hit. And um, there's quite a lot of tension in the play. And as an actor, I feel them in my body a lot. and I kind of have to show the audience how these men are feeling in their bodies as well. So yeah, I, there's so many moments of tension um, and broken rhythms and um, mood. And I think, I think the main thing about tension and um, in this play is you might feel like we're about to get to a climax of, of a piece of the puzzle. And then all of a sudden I'll just break that wall and I'll literally come out and, be very very direct to the audience so we've been able to have this um this device of ian myself being able to break in and out of this world that we've created
0: that is the end of part two of our interview with ian michael please keep listening through to the next episode to find out more about this excellent production for more information on where to see heart Go to rav.net.au or theatre.com. Do not hesitate to email us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Send us a question and we can answer it in a future podcast. Thanks for listening.